The Word of Mouth podcast from NHPR is made possible with support from you, our subscribers. And from Heinemann, a provider of resources written by real teachers for real classrooms. Heinemann values teachers as decision makers and students as curious learners. Discover the path to lifelong professional learning at Heinemann.com. Heinemann, dedicated to teachers. This is Word of Mouth from NHPR. I'm Jimmy Gutierrez. I want to start off and talk a little bit about traditions. Think about the food that we eat, however good or bad it may be, the way that we dance, or some of us, the way that we don't dance. They're our history. They're the way that we make sense of the world around us. And I'm really interested in how traditions come to be. Origin stories about traditions can be suspect. Think about the mess we call Columbus Day. Sometimes, though, they're pretty deliberate, and sometimes a long-standing tradition begins as a publicity stunt, where some organizer uses an event for attention. Welcome to the 105th edition of the world's biggest bike race, the Tour de France. The Tour de France. The race was actually born out of a newspaper rivalry. The first Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade brought out half a million people, and it's been going strong ever since. Happy Thanksgiving. I'm thrilled to be here today to kick off the 92nd Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. And the McWhopper? This, this is That's the New York gross. Times today. There was an ad that was taken out by Burger King. To McDonald's. And Burger King asks McDonald's to join forces to create the ultimate burger. A McWhopper. Well... That's a missed opportunity for a real American tradition. And look, there is no shame in a tradition starting this way. It's in fact that very spirit that brought me here to Sandown, New Hampshire. I guess to start, could you just just introduce yourself and what you do here? I'm Lynn Blaisdell. I'm the town administrator. And then you, sir. Hi, my name is Bob Ruder. I am president this term of the Sandown Historical Society and Museum. And we are the ones who basically recreated the Boston Post cane. The Boston Post cane, an actual ebony cane with a 14-karat gold head decorated by hand, was given out to 700 New England towns over 100 years ago. There used to be a newspaper in, out of Boston called the Boston Post. And as a publicity stunt, the editor came up with the idea of awarding the oldest male citizen of each smaller community throughout New England with this cane. And the idea being that this cane would be passed along to the next surviving oldest male citizen of the community. On today's episode, we're answering a listener's question about this cane. Are towns still giving this cane out? And if so, who is getting it? And when they get it, for being the oldest resident, is it something that's seen as an honor? In Sandown, they've revived this tradition, giving out the cane, including both men and women. But their original cane from 1909 ended up like the Boston Post itself, lost to history. And we're hoping, which is part of the reason I'm, I'm here with you this afternoon, is that if the word gets out, somebody might remember, oh yeah, I remember that thing that was in the closet, looked like a cane. Maybe it's the Boston Post cane. I wanted to know across the state if this is something that other towns celebrate too. So I made some calls. Good afternoon, Selectman's office. This is Paula. Can I help you? Hi, Paula. I was trying to get some more information about the Boston Post cane, which is given out to the oldest resident. So there was an article in the Hampton Union in 1956 
Is it something that's still like handed out to the oldest resident? Well, typically we do, but what we've done in the past couple of years, some people take offense to the cane. So they have an option of also possibly having a plaque. And they, there's another article about it in, from 1984. Oh, here we go. Okay, so... I think that because we started talking about it, we're going to look into it again. In Hampton, however, the Boston Post can has been residing in the vault of the town office building for the past several years. Town clerk Jane Kelly said the cane has been in the vault since she started town clerk over seven years ago. She believed superstition helped retire the cane. People started to fear getting it, she recalled. <laughs> The cane would be given out, and within a week, the person would be dead. It was awful. So, so there you go. After about a dozen calls, I was directed to an information center on the cane. In 2016, the center reported that 116 New Hampshire towns still keep this tradition alive. A lot of the original canes, like in Sandown, have been lost to history. Other spots have stopped giving it out because of superstition, and other places hold on tight to that original cane, not letting it out of sight. Okay. So you're gonna tape us? Is that okay? Because I'm a talker. Yeah, that's and fine. And I may, I may talk in jest and stuff, so. I got Suzanne you. McNeil is Barrington's town administrator. I talked with her and a man I was promised would know all about the history of the cane. Can you tell me what you know about that cane? I don't know that much about it. So this is Joel Sherburn. He's very modest. He's also Mr. Barrington, and you may be thinking, sure, 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 sure. But Joel truly is. I'm 78. And you're still working, yes. it seems like, almost every day. About every day, yes. Right now, I've been at Caleb's store 61 years. Yeah. The first job I ever had, yes. And I still like it. Caliph's is the country store in town. And Joel ended the interview short so he could get back to work and cut ham. Barrington, like Sandown, hands out a replica of their Boston Post cane. But unlike Sandown, it's not because their cane was lost forever. They do it because for 50 years, they thought it was. The story goes like this. In the early 40s, the oldest resident and proper holder of the cane didn't want it. They viewed it as a bad omen. And after that, it just disappeared. Joel Sherburn put ad after ad in the paper looking for answers. Was it missing for around 50 years? Was oh, it? Oh, yes. Missing for a long while. I thought I'd never see it again. Had no idea. And I thought maybe one or two people in town had it or knew where it was. But that wasn't, you know, that wasn't true. No. You think of all kinds of things. It turns out that three selectmen had that original cane and decided to hide it, and they made a pact. We are going to keep this right here. Nobody is going to have it. And the last one that passes away can hand it on to whoever they think would be responsible for it. Then one evening, maybe about a decade ago, during a town meeting, a resident came in with the original Boston Post cane, the same one held hostage by those selectmen. The man returning the cane, Billy Taylor, said he found it in a closet. So his dad passed away because his dad was a former selectman and he brought it to us and presented it to us. Couldn't believe it. Set me back a week, I tell you. Today, Barrington's cane hangs in a glass case on the wall of their historical society. There may or may not be an alarm on it. Uh, and currently, who is, is holding the cane right now? Nobody. Nope. We're, we're, looking, we're trying yeah, to we're determine. We're looking for 
who that's going to be. Okay. We're, work on, we're working on it right now. And you're kind of heading that process, right? Well, between the two of us. Yeah. Joel knows a lot more people in town than I do. So. Well, and a lot of them have gone. Yeah. The and one, yeah. the one that we're suggesting right now, I don't know about. So you have somebody. We're, yeah, we have somebody, um, and we're waiting to see if there's any response from many people in the society. Yeah. Because um, we, we made an announcement at, at the past couple of meetings hmm. that if it, they knew of anybody who was born prior to 1922 to let us know. Okay. So. And are you prepared for, for all of the responses? Like, even if this person would say, this is a bad omen and I pass? No, I'm, I'm not. Well, no, no. <laughs> no. No. Can we go back to work again, try to yeah, find well, yeah. somebody else? If, if yeah. that happens, yeah, we'll have to continue and do some more work on it. They expect to present the cane either later this summer or fall. If you're like me, at this point, you're wondering, how does this process work? Where do you even start to begin to find a town's oldest residence? The process has to be exhaustive, right? Town administrators dumping records over every inch of table space sweating over filing boxes in dimly lit basements, cross-checking their findings with the state. A process that's all-consuming, where days become nights and weeks become months. Well, you'd be wrong. Here's Lynn Blaisdell from Sandown. So it was just a matter of kind of, you know, asking as many people as we could. Um, a lot of them don't drive anymore, so you really couldn't check, you know, driving records or anything like that that's not legal anyway so we have to be careful um but it's just it's really word of mouth and and checking with those who are still connected with those old old timers in in town so all right then there were stipulations guidelines if you will for who is eligible to receive the cane in 2016 after reviving the tradition they found a new recipient his name was lloyd lassard well how did lloyd take it uh, Lloyd was great. I mean, he sat literally right behind you in that chair. Um, he was just a, a, a smile from ear to ear. But I have heard stories where it's like, I got the cane. I'm the next person in town to die. <laughs> this is not a good thing. I wanted to hear straight from Lloyd. How did he feel about receiving this cane? Did he take it as a recognition of a life well lived? Or was it a bad omen? a handcrafted, sanded and finished merchant of death. And you're game for a trip to Lloyd's after this? Well, I'll see if we get lucky. When word of mouth continues, we're off to ask Lloyd about the Boston Post cane and what it means to him. It's after a short break. Welcome back to Word of Mouth, I'm Jimmy Gutierrez. So far on today's show, we've looked into the history behind the Boston Post cane. The second part of our listener question is, when people receive this cane, are they happy to get it? Hi, Lloyd. Oh, how are you? You remember oh, me? Not too bad. To answer that question, I asked Bob Bruder to take me over to Lloyd Lassard's home. I have a gentleman here who would like to interview you and talk to you about your history here in town. Yeah. Yeah. Lloyd just turned 98. He lives alone in a small house less than a mile from Sandown's town hall. He's lived here even before NASA got started. Because it's been used in the outhouse uh, since I've been lived here since 57. So over 50 years I've been used in the outhouse. I asked him about the Boston Post cane. He gestures behind me. In a house that seems scattered with pictures, old-time clocks, and chopped firewood, 
He recalls the cane and its whereabouts in the blink of an eye, even if it did have a coat of dust on top of it. The cane itself, were you happy that you received it? Did you think it was like an honor when they gave that to you? Well, yeah, because I knew what the Boston Post was. It was back in, what, 907 or something like that? There were 700 of them were given out to people in New England. Well, see, I got a good memory. Yeah, I see that. <laughs> I, I could sit here for, for hours and tell you my whole history. That's what he wants. Go ahead. <laughs> Lloyd says he has memories from even before he was two years old. Back then, he was anti-vax before anti-vax was in. Well, basically, he had to get the smallpox vaccine three times because it wouldn't take. But I heard stories of his years volunteering in the fire department and the last job he had on a poultry farm. So after 46 and a half years working there, I was laid off with no pension except for Social Security. And how old were you? I asked Lloyd how old he was. 83. Lloyd hasn't worked since. He also remembers the night he received the cane and how he almost didn't make it to his own celebration. The 19th of November. I remember that because I fell over the stove here onto the floor. I had to be down to hall at 7 o'clock. My son couldn't get me up off the floor. He was here, so he called up his brother and the two of them finally got me in the chair. They helped get Lloyd dressed and down to the festivities just in time for him to get his picture taken. No one else knew what happened. Even then, he wasn't worried about any bad omens. Neither was Mary Alquist when she received her cane. That's my proper name, but I don't like that. Mary Alquist. Okay. Yeah. How old are you, May? 96. Seven. Right. Seven. Seven. <laughs> I was 97. May has more energy than most teenagers I know. She lives in Bow, where she's been since 1947. Originally, though, she is from Glasgow, Scotland. Just after the war ended, I came over here. Mm-hmm. Came by ship. What was that like? All right. Just off of New New York, it was kind of stormy, but it was was fun. I'm not afraid of the water. No. (laughs) I don't think you're afraid of much itself. No, I'm not. My Scotsman. (laughs) May met her husband, Arthur, right after World War II. She even helped during that time with the war effort. I had to go to different places and file parts of guns, parts of planes, file them off work because my dad wouldn't allow me to go in the service. After moving to the States, Arthur and May started their family in Bow in a large six-bedroom house. He worked for the railroad while she worked at home and raised their four children. Her kids remember that house well, especially the kitchen. You know, starting to can, and I mean, she was always home. She was always cooking something, you know, homemade baked goods. Yeah, she baked all the bread. And muffins every day, something for dessert. We always had had a good dessert every night. She she was a good cook. Always Sunday was the big meal. (laughs) These are her three kids, Fraser, Anne, and Lynn. I asked May if having them so close made a difference in her living so long. She looked at me and just said, not really. But she did tell me some of the things that do keep her going. If I think I need to say no, I'll say it. I'm not afraid to say it. Voice my opinion. I feel I've lived all these years, so I have an opinion, and I have a say in the matter. Mm. And that not really caring what people think trickles into the way she starts every morning. 
when I get up, I'm not dressed, I go, I make myself coffee. Then I sit down, I turn the television on, look at the paper, the monitor, and drink my coffee. And after, after all that's through, and there's nothing very important, I go get dressed. And sometimes I don't get dressed, maybe till 10.30. <laughs> Back in the day when May was dressed before 10.30, she was a master bridge player. But she doesn't play anymore, having outlived all of her old friends. While she's lost friends, she's gained family, including grandkids and great-grandkids. And they were all in the same room in February of this year when May was presented with Bo's Boston Post cane. When you see this, when you first got this, like, were you excited? It was right there. Oh, yes. And all, all the big shots were there from the town. You know, and one of them, she's a woman, it was, she's a, and gave me a big bouquet of love, and I was holding that, and I had all kinds of pictures things, didn't I? Yep. Yeah. Oh, I was surprised. I didn't know this she was going to happen. Until the no, night before. No. They, they do the, these things behind my back. <laughs> How do we take care of those that have taken care of us? You know, and, yeah. and I just want... Oh, when they get older, you mean? Right, right. And I'm like curious... Now. Yes, yes, like yes. Now. yes. Oh, they take care of me. Very good. They, if I had to call them up, Fraser or anybody, you know, I was saying, Mom, if you need me, call me. I'm glad that they've bestowed the the Boston Post cane on my mother. You know, I, I think that there should be more, I, I guess, accolades for the elderly. One of the problems with Barrington is they don't have um, an assisted living facility per se, um, a graduated facility. And we've lost a lot of our seniors to elderly housing oh, yeah. in Dover and Rochester. And that's and, a shame. And it, it's sad because all that history goes with them. I've been to a lot of nursing homes, and some nursing homes I'm not even going to talk about. One or two, they shouldn't even be in operation. It's terrible. No, I think there could be a lot more done and more improvements on a lot of things for the elderly seniors. Their families are so busy. You know, the world has just become a world of both members of the family have to work. And there's that realization that many times someone can't stay home with them financially. So it's like it's, well, let's not let that happen. Let's kind of, let's get her into the nursing home or get her into hospice or get her uh, out of the house so we don't have to deal with it. That's an unfortunate reality. But... You know, they're, they're still a valuable asset. The stuff that they could tell us that we want to, that we should be bringing with us as we travel through time, should not be lost. The Boston Post Cane is one way to keep that history alive. You can find out if your town participates in this tradition by getting in touch with your local town clerk, selectman, or historical society. Today's episode was produced by me, Jimmy Gutierrez, with help from Justine Paradise, Ben Henry, and Daniela Alley. Our much-missed executive producer is Erica Janik. Today's episode is dedicated to Brit. So many memories and so little time. 
Special thanks to Rick Griffin, Roger Maxfield, Bob Cottrell, and Christina from Hampton. Music in today's episode from Blue Dot Sessions, Young Carts, and Arrangement. As you might have heard, we're gearing up for a whole new series. We're looking at the North Country, and we still need your help. Just some of the issues we're going to be looking at include tourism, local media, and the never-controversial off-road vehicles. Got ideas for us? Please let us know. Point us in the right direction. And if you've got a story to tell, we want to hear it. Our email is wordofmouth at nhpr.org. That's wordofmouth at nhpr.org. Word of Mouth is a production of NHPR.